You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad at Folk Alliance International in New Orleans with Irish artists being given the opportunity to showcase in front of the music industry and the music industry being record companies, musical directors from um, what would be festivals, etc., uh, agents and um, uh, managers and other artists. So it's an opportunity for the music industry to network amongst itself and to give the Irish musicians an opportunity to try to expand their horizons. Michael Kerr, who comes from Belfast, is one of those that's over here this week and I have the opportunity to sit across from Michael. Michael, thanks for taking the time. Thank you very much for having me. So, um, who's Michael Kerr? Yeah, well, I'm an Irish singer-songwriter from Belfast specifically, and um, I'm a full-time working musician back home, right. and I write songs and I perform my songs at showcases such as this to try and improve on the, the dream aspect of being a musician, you know. So as a full-time musician, when did you turn professional? I've been a professional musician now for about 11 years, right. so I, I left the corporate world back then. Right. And, uh, and luckily enough, if you're Irish and Belfast, there's a vibrant scene, so it's a, it's a viable career choice. You can make uh, a nice living doing it, you know. Now, when you say um, Belfast, within Belfast itself, or like how far afield would you have to travel? Well, it, in Belfast in itself, doing cover gigs, you right. know, your usual pub gigs in the pub yeah. scene. It's, a, it's vibrant for musicians. They need lots of musicians, such right. like New Orleans itself. You yeah. know, you know, the local musicians make their, their, their make their bread here. You know, yeah. and then but then they may go to a festival all over America and showcase their music. So it's, I'm, I'm sort of in that same boat, if you know what I mean. So did you grow up in a house with music? No, I was the only one that came out with the music. The music, which is uh, really annoying, because see so many musicians I know they're brought up with it and they're so good at their instrument. Yeah. And they've got, and they're they're just given their instruments. Whereas I had to ask for it and I had to beg for it. You know, can I have a guitar? Can I have a piano? And it was uh, because the rest of the family didn't get it. You know, have notions. Yeah, (laughs) is that just another notion, Michael? You know, (laughs) but uh, luckily enough, I stuck at it. You know, here I am. Right. And then when you did beg for it and you got an instrument, did you get the opportunity for any formal training, or did you? Are you? No. You have to teach yourself. Well, I had a a friend who played guitar, and he showed me a few chords and right. him sort of set up our first band and want right. to be the next oasis you know right. and uh, and yeah and you know from from that I, I, I learned chords so I was I, I, I grew up during the Britpop era of music so I got really influenced by that okay. and once I got older I started listening to the likes of Tom Petty Bruce Springsteen and um, Ran Adams and then sort of got moved more towards the acoustic folk singer-songwriter and the things okay. and then um, yeah, so that's the influence and that's the how it got about. So all you need when you're a singer-songwriter is about five chords, really. That's all a song is. So that's so I started there and I've sort of got to where I am now, you know, just from... So you mean if you have six chords, you can write an awful lot of songs? Well, you, then you can put a bridge in, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who, your, who would your influences have been before you, you hit the Tom Petty, like as you were growing up? Oh, well, I mean, I, well, I was a kid. Um, he, well, everyone loved Michael Jackson. I yeah. love a real soft spot for UB40. Right. UB40 was great. Um, and then, but then once Oasis and Blur 
and cast and all those sort of Brit pop bands came along. I yeah. was just, I was 13, 14 at the time, and that was just that was right. So you weren't a Van Morrison fan? No, there wasn't. See, I was sort of put Van Morrison in that sort of Beatles category where it's not, it's almost not an influence, it's just there. Yeah. If you know what I mean, they're just, they're that popular and they're, they're part of culture that they're almost above being an influence. They're just sort of in within you, you know, they are music, you know, right, right, and, uh, but I mean, they only really became more aware of Van Morrison stuff maybe in my mid-twenties when I started playing them, but I'm actually going, after this book lens, I'm going to uh, go to John Blatania's um, recording studio in New York, and so he's, John Blatania, he recorded uh, Van Morrison's Moon Dance, the lead guitar, and, right. and all his albums up to 2016, so, yeah, but Van Morrison is, you know, he's great, he's, you know, like then, when you said the, the Belfast scene is, is vibrant, um, given that the north of Ireland went through the, the many years of troubles that it had, so the economy was seriously hurt on so many different levels and it took time for it to come back. Um, has, uh, how would you define the cultural artistic side of Belfast at this stage? I think there has been a lot of uh, suppressed art. Um, so people who, so my, my generation was the first generation to really be able to express themselves and have opportunity within Belfast. Whereas maybe the generation before me were like, so you had people like, and you see Bob Kennedy and Joby Fox, and uh, they grew up in the troubles when they were really they had, they all to go to London. Uh, bands like the Star Jets and um, even like the the punk the punk era with um, stuff like all they they all had to go to the London and stuff. But yeah. they, their their music was a product maybe of the you know the the, the, the violence that was going on. But then. But saying that, they, they, they had the, the ambition to go across the water and better it, but there was a lot of like people who were maybe my sort of genre, they were singer-songwriters, and they didn't have the opportunity. So their talent and their expression was suppressed. And what you're seeing now is there's an explosion of it now, you know, and cult, the, the culture is um, being well-funded, it's being well-supported, um, well and people can express themselves, and they don't have to worry about that, not the, the troubles and being involved with right. the political end of things. And would it be fair to say then that during the time of the trouble, or prior to things settling down, that the music of the two communities would have been different? Um, and whereas now... Well, living, living in West Belfast, um, there's still a lot of focus on traditional music and being Irish, as Irish as you possibly can. Right. Um, so like for the, the Fela Festival, I've noticed my music, they don't, my music doesn't really suit that festival because they're trying to promote Irish culture. Right. Whereas if you go to East Belfast, which yeah. is the unionist end, they're more accepting of my music because they're, um, it's hard to explain, but they, but they they have a they enjoy Irish traditional music as well, but it's it's just part of what they do, which is what the fellowship be as well. And right. It's really awkward because there's uh, I, I would go to the other end of the community to express myself, whereas in my own community, it's I think you're just trying to because obviously with the whole unionism and nationalism and uh, Irish culture was sort of 
nearly wiped out by unionism. Yeah. Um, so they're they're making more of an effort to make sure that's only Irish music coming up. And right. I, I, right. I think I'm explaining that right. No, I, I get it. I, what, what I'm hearing in, in a sense is that the um, older traditional um, cultural genre of Irish music, which is what you get in Belfast, past, whereas what you get in East Belfast is more global. Yeah, I think they're. Um, well, it's, it's very much uh, whatever the British chart is in the British charts. Okay. You know, okay. Is, uh, what the the East End of the city will. Okay. So then, as a songwriter, how, how would you? Uh, Classify my music. Yeah, I'm very much from a pop. Um, I enjoy singer songwriter and the thing. I like I like telling stories, but not like I've noticed how people tell stories folk ways over here, in Americana. But my stories are more um, direct, I think. Um, but I mean, I, I I love writing a song with a hook. I, I like to have a certain element of commercialism because I, I do want to have the songs on to to be accessible for TV and radio and stuff as well but it's a, it's a sort of it's pop, pop singer songwriter Americana sort of stuff you know so uh, this is your first um, foot in the water at Pope Alliance yeah first time first time out luckily enough I was able to get a couple of slots and I think um, you just need to reach out and see who you meet and you know how have you found it so far it's great well I mean you're in New Orleans so what could go wrong you know it's at least you're here and you're all last year and you, well I heard of, I heard there was problems there with the weather but it's not, it's not exactly sun, it's not exactly warm here but you know the least I'll get out of this week is I've seen New Orleans and I've been here and it's a, it's a, it's a way of traveling you know right. so it's, um, that's the way I like to look at it you know and what if you were to say like what is your goal? What do you hope to go away from here with? Um, well, my goal has always been to make a living playing music. Right. Uh, my bread and butter is my cover gigs and weddings and stuff back home, and this is the dream aspect. Okay. If I can make a living, make more connections here to get my music heard and played where... So, um, would you hope then, that I know there's, particularly on the folk side, there's a lot of people and they're hoping they can get onto the festival circuit. Oh, yeah. Um, so, would you be trying to get into that, that those kind of connections well, oh yeah, if I can get, um, I think. Well, I think you, you kind of need to come to America uh, if you want to get. If you really, want, if, if, if your original music wants to be heard and get played and stuff. So, like I said, I'm open to anything. I don't know where, what connections I'll make, right. or what ripple effects it will have. Yeah. But where there's traction, you gotta follow the road. So, if you ever meet and wherever it goes, it's, there's no real defined. Some of the other artists I've chatted with, and singer songwriters, have indicated how important social media and how important the internet yeah. is to like the YouTube and um, I'm sure you have your own YouTube channel or you have yeah and how do you find that as a, as a means of promotion for yourself um, yeah, it's useful and you got to use it um, is it ideal I'm maybe I'm the, the, the generation just before social media, so like it's, uh, it's not a major thing in me. But I, I'm on all the platforms. Right. But when it comes to promoting it, you know, I could be, I could, I, I could and should be more active and on it. But <laughs> the unfortunate thing for me is I, I try to be as private as possible. But and you know, so what, it's what a I, real dilemma. So it's like, so how much you? So there's, there's people that I know and songwriters, and you're sitting doing a co-write. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're they've got their phone up, taking photographs of you doing a co-write, and going. 
yeah. you know, kind of keep something sacred, you know, but that's the way they engage with their audience, that's the way they've got bigger audiences online than I would, you know, whereas I think, I, I, I like to focus on the song and songwriting, right. and I think if it's good enough it will stick, you know. But look, look, looking back on, on your 11 odd years since you've been professional, what would be to say is the biggest memory or the most outstanding moment that you would zone in on and say that a wow factor? Um, I know, I, I mean, the biggest thrill I get is, is writing songs and hearing it play it back after you go to your studio. But I mean, I, I got to play with some great artists. I played with Steve Earle, John okay. Oates. I played with Nancy Griffiths, I'm going to play with John Britannia, um, I played with Hot House Flowers, yeah. and Bagatelle. Bagatelle was probably your era, you know? Well, they're still going. I got to meet, I got to meet and play with some, some great people, and, and um, it's just about learning, and just, it's, right. you know, it's a, music is a conversation, you know? Or, I well my song in all those things you just, was there any time when you had to pinch yourself and say, is this real? I'm actually on stage with Steve Earle. Um, no, it all came fairly. I took it all in the stride, you know. And, and, and looking back on it, it does look a lot better than what it actually is, because well, you I mean you're just you're just you're just playing songs, you know. Yeah. And the more you did, the more it's become. So, yeah. um, I mean, there's, there's songwriters I've been speaking to, and they they, they play stadiums to with Ed Sheeran, and yeah. um, and as they say, it just becomes normalised, you know, and. Um, I'm still, I think I'm still striving for that pinch, pinch the moment. Okay. And, you know, and, um, but, uh, I, I, you know, I just take it my stride. It's just like... Yeah, the only thing is, you don't want to miss it. Yeah. Like, you don't, don't want that pinch moment, yeah. and it's gone, you're in. What? I, but I, I still think I have so much more to do, and, and I, what I'm striving for is maybe, maybe that's why I haven't came yet, you know, maybe I'm, I'm looking for that, something that we, maybe want to hear a song on a, a movie, a pinch myself and go, wow, yeah. yeah, that would be the... Be a good, that'll be a good thing to have, you know. Mm. But, um, um, so, uh, how many performances are you doing here at this? Uh, so, I've got six private showcases. Uh, so, I did two last night, yeah. and then um, I have another one tonight, and then I'll plan up until Saturday as well. So, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting that they do it differently over here than they do it in Ireland. <laughs> so it's getting uh, just into their culture as well, but it's, it's all good fun and everyone's really... There's a lot of people writing songs, there's a lot of people playing music and it's, uh, you just got to take it in your shade and just, you know... <laughs> Um, Michael, I want to thank you for taking the time. And if anyone wants to find you on the web, where does it look for you? So just go straight to the website www.michaelcarrmusic.com. Um, you'll find on the social media all music. There's free downloads and there's dates and gigs and stuff coming up. So. And of the gigs that are coming up, um, most of them are back in Ireland. Or have you any international stuff coming? Up? Yeah, no. Um, at the moment, I'm focusing on doing uh, the Falklands and then heading up to New York and play with John Britannia. I have a lot of gigs coming up in New York. Uh, so I'll be in New York until the end of February, okay. and then when I get home, I'm going to be recording some new stuff, and then getting into the festival season, which will be uh, the, the Irish and the Irish and British um, yeah. festival season, and then take it from there. You know, so. Thank you very much for having me.